0: Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing Climate Week New York City. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined today by Thibaut Clisson, Climate Change Lead for BNP Paribas Asset Management. Welcome, Thibaut, and thanks for joining me.
1: Hi, Daniel. It's great to be here today.
0: Thibaut, we've just finished Climate Week NYC. Now, this summit takes place alongside the UN General Assembly, and it brings together international leaders from business, government, civil society to showcase global climate action. Uh, It's worth noting that it's the last global event uh, on climate before COP28, uh, which is, for our listeners, the UN Climate Change Conference, which will take place the first two weeks of December in Dubai. One key point of discussion was the Paris Agreement and progress on meeting the objectives of the Paris Agreement. Uh, Could you first off remind our listeners what the Paris Agreement actually is, uh, and then give us an update on where we stand on reaching the agreement's goals?
1: So the Paris Agreement is a legally binding international treaty on climate change, which was adopted in 2015. And the goal of the Paris Agreement is to hold the increase in global temperature to well below 2 degrees above free industrial level and to pursue efforts to limit it to 1.5 degrees so i think it's fair to say that we are far from being on the right path it will be the seventh scope after paris there is a great level of commitments we have something like more than 90 percent of global gdp which is covered by some sort of commitment We have 5,900 companies that are taking climate actions according to the science-based target initiative, 3,300 companies which have set science-based greenhouse gas reduction targets. And for the first time in 2022, energy transition investments have matched fossil fuel investments according to Bloomberg New Energy Finance. So that's on the positive side. But on the negative side, greenhouse gas emissions are still growing. Climate change is becoming a visible reality year after year. I mean, look what happened this summer again with fires in Canada and Hawaii, floods in Libya, which are all linked to climate change, according to scientists. And governments are delaying climate actions. Just look at the decision made by the UK government to postpone some of its main climate decision or policies. And the world, despite eight years after the Paris Agreement, has never consumed so much fossil fuels. So that's not necessarily a very good situation, right? And that brings us to a situation in which the most optimistic climate scenarios, especially the one we sponsored, like the inevitable policy response, are pointing out to an increase in global temperature of 1.7, 1.8 degrees. And that's if everything which has been announced by governments are implemented and if more policies are adopted. So that's the most optimistic scenarios. And if we look at what the science is telling us, if we look at the last report from the International Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, which in March 2023, they have come with their last report. And they say that current level of commitment by governments, what we call the national determined contribution, voluntary commitment from from states, make it likely that global warming will exceed 1.5 degrees during this century. And just a quick reminder, when we talk about limited global warming to 1.5 degrees, we are talking about limiting global warming by the end of this century. What the IPCC uh, is telling us is that we will exceed that goal uh, way before the end of the century. And they even go further saying that they, based on current status, they think it would be harder to limit warming below two degrees. They highlight the fact that there is major gaps between projected emissions from implemented policies and those from the national determined contributions. And they also highlight the fact that finance flows fall short of the levels which are needed to meet climate goals across all sectors. So. I think it's fair to say that there are mixed feelings around where we stand regarding the Paris Agreement goal, and I think I will let you decide if you're more into the optimistic camp or the pessimistic one. On my side, I'm not very optimistic at this stage.
0: If we talk about glasses half full or half empty. I, I kind of wonder if we're even at, at the halfway point here. Let's turn our attention to the COP28, again, the UN climate change conference that's coming up uh, at the beginning of December in Dubai. Now, clearly, Paris Agreement is going to be a big part of the discussions. I mean, we know how ambitious the Paris Agreement was, really, just from your discussion, pointing out how so many of those goals have yet to be reached and and really are, are far away from being reached. So we appreciate it was ambitious. I think generally we believe it's good to set to reach targets, I think, as we call them, so that you try to achieve more than you thought you could. Do you think the ambition that's embedded in the Paris Agreement, that that's going to be maintained? And I guess even more importantly now, are we going to see a concrete roadmap come out of COP28, particularly when we think about climate finance?
1: Last year, during COP27, the main outcome of the COP was that the Paris Agreement was preserved, that the goals of the Paris Agreement were preserved. So so I think from that point of view, uh, COP28 shouldn't be different. Now, in terms of of concrete results or outcomes of COP28, there are things which we already know. For example, we know the result of the first global stock take will be announced. The global stock take is part of the Paris Agreement. something which was planned since the beginning. And the goal is to assess the, the collective progress toward achieving the purpose of the Paris Agreement. So we will have some clear view on where we stand in terms of greenhouse gas emissions and reductions achieved so far. But based on what I just mentioned, and the fact that the consensus is emerging around the failure of the 1.5 target, that the target is likely to be missed, I think The result of the stock date would be a call for acceleration in climate action everywhere. So that's one of the first outcomes of of the COP28. After that, there are a couple of topics which have been recurring in COP discussions. One will be the lose and damages funding. So last year, there were uh, a major achievement with a political agreement on the need to address that topic and on the creation of a fund to compensate countries for and damage arising from, from climate change. But apart from this announcement, limited progress has been achieved so far. So, here again, as this is something which has been quite important in the last COP and which have somehow poised the climate negotiations over the last COP, we hope there will be some concrete announcement around this lose and damage funding. Another key topic of this COP could be around adaptation and especially given the consensus I just mentioned on the fact that it's uh, more than likely that we will miss the 1.5 degree target, we expect there will be some announcement around the financing of the adaptation. And last but not least, the final declaration made by the government during the COP have failed to make clear announcements on the phase out of fossil fuels or phase down. So maybe this year it will be different. positive signals that could point towards that direction is the fact that the European Commission has been very clear on the fact that they will push for a global deal on phasing out of fossil fuels. And also the COP28 presidency has called for a couple of actions and targets, like the tripling of renewable energy generation, the doubling of energy efficiency, and doubling of hydrogen production by So. Again, maybe on the final declaration, we will see something more concrete than what was announced over the last COP on the need to phase out or at least to phase down of fossil fuels in general and not only coal.
0: You highlighted just now the need, if anything, to accelerate the measures that are being made uh, to address climate change. You talked about phasing out fossil fuels. Can you talk a bit more about some of the measures that are needed to speed up the transition? And probably most importantly for
1: our listeners, what can investors do? Based on the fact that the level of commitment is good, but maybe the level of implementation of those commitments is not necessarily good. I think as investors, we could try to address Two stakeholders which are key uh, for the achievement of the climate goals. First one being policymakers. I mean, as investors, we can clearly start being more active in our engagement with policymakers. We own and we buy sovereign bonds. We have the possibility to dialogue with policymakers. We can answer to uh, consultations and we can be very vocal as a sector on our expectations. For example, at BMP Paribasas Management, we joined the PRI initiative named Collaborative Sovereign Engagement on Climate Change, which goal is to make sure that investors work together to support governments to take all possible steps to mitigate climate change uh, in line with the Paris Agreement, and just to make sure that the average global warming is kept to 1.5 degrees. So that's one of the actions investors can do, is to try to encourage governments to take uh, further actions in climate change. The other one is corporate. I mentioned the fact that more than 5,000 companies are taking climate actions, and more than 3,000 companies have set up greenhouse gas reduction targets are considered as being science-based. But. So far, we haven't seen a clear inflection on the greenhouse gas reduction globally, so we need to see all this commitment to be translated into concrete actions and therefore, as investors, we need to make sure that these commitments are translated into something which is more concrete and more short term. So as investors, we have the possibility to engage with corporates. We can do it collectively through collective engagement initiatives like Climate Action 100+, plus, but we can also vote for climate action during annual general meetings, by filling or co-filling climate resolutions, we can vote non climate-related resolutions like board members' nominations, approval of the accounts, like we do at BNP Paribas Asset Management, when we consider that companies are not transparent on their greenhouse gas emissions. So there are a lot of things that can be done by investors on this engagement side. So apart from engaging with policymakers and corporate as investors, we can make a clear decision on how we allocate the money of our clients. And I think we need to go green everywhere and in every asset class, not only listed equity, but we can also work on, on private markets, which we substantially over the last couple of years. Obviously, on bonds also need to go green. And we know that the climate crisis we are facing right now goes hand-on-hand with the biodiversity crisis. We call that the trend crisis. One will accelerate the other one. So maybe as investors, it's time to start addressing both crises together. And on that topic, BNP Paribas Asset Management acquired IWC. IWC is a sustainable forest and agriculture company, and it's not something quite normal or quite expected from an asset manager to buy a company which is currently managing a forest. But we think it could make a lot of sense from us to offer to our clients the possibility to be exposed to ecosystem benefits and to contribute to the protection and enhancement of natural carbon sinks. So that's the kind of thing investors can do. Uh, is to to try to go further what we have been doing over the last years and to try to explore new possibilities, to be serious about the financing of the energy transition and the fighting against climate change. And last, there is big expectations on our sector to contribute to the Paris Agreement goals and the the Paris Agreement objectives, and also to try to help to address some of the uh, issues and, and some of the key points I mentioned above about the outcomes of the COP28, I think we need to increase financing flows to adaptation and climate change uh, mitigation solutions. And that also should help to address the north-south gap. And here as investors, we need to bring financial solutions that will address that. I mentioned the fact that adaptation was one of the key topics for discussion during next COP. And I haven't seen yet investors being very active on that domain. We're not able right now to be active and to provide solutions for financing adaptations. So here, innovation will be key. And as investors, we have a key role to play.
0: Very good, Thibaut. If I could... Summarize some of the key points that you made. Uh, If we think about the progress that's been made on the Paris Agreement, again, wanting to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees, uh, frankly, you weren't particularly positive in your assessment of that progress. You pointed out greenhouse gas emissions are still increasing, fossil fuel use uh, is at all time highs, and certainly you were concerned that the 1.5 degree limit on global warming uh, is probably not going to be respected. Then if we look at what COP28 might bring us, for starters, it will be a process of taking stock on how much progress has been made towards achieving the Paris Agreement goals. Uh, And given what's probably going to come out as a shortfall, you anticipate there will be a call for an acceleration of the measures that need to be taken to limit climate change. You highlighted, though, that the commitment is high, but it's implementation that's really lacking. And therefore, the key question of what investors can do for you, it comes down to engaging with and putting pressure on policymakers and corporates uh, to really take concrete measures to achieve the goals. And also for investors, your call was for them to go green in every asset class, not just liquid equities, but looking at sovereign bonds, private markets, and so on. Well, Thibaut, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Daniel. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Viewpoint, our website for investment insights at viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com. Viewpoint brings commentary and analysis in a variety of formats from investment outlooks to asset allocation videos and podcasts to help investors make better informed decisions. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris, and Thibault Clisson. Please do join me next week. Until then, take care.